your starting lineup, Turner Ripplinger, Troy Koser, Tori Coglin, and your host, Drew Koser. Presented by Nissan Regina, here is the Off the Huzzle Podcast. Hey everybody, we're back on an episode Off the Hosel, episode 131. My name is Drew Koster, I'm your host. Joined by Stat Guy Rip, no Tory, no Troy, but Stat Guy Rip all the way over in England. I'm in Saskatchewan, but excited to have him back on, obviously, because I miss him. It's like, what time is it there, Rip? 12.30 a.m. Oh, okay. So yeah, he's uh, he's got one out here for the, for the fans listening right now. Happy to have him back on, miss him. He's lighting up right now over there. Big goal the other night. If you didn't see the post, what they say? Remarkable tying goal. Or no? What was the word? Pizzazz. <laughs> with a little pizzazz and a glass jump. So rips on today with me. Uh, we're gonna keep it quick here. Got a good guest on today. I can't even say his last name, dude. I'm so scared to say it. Master him as soon as we get on here. But um, before we get going too far, we gotta mention that the pre-show is brought to you by Rubber Chrome. It's founded in 2021, made out of 100% recycled tires, and has tons to offer. Off-road parking blocks, speed bumps, gym flooring, matting, and now our new hockey devices. Check out the website at www.rubberco.com. Follow us on social media at rubber.co and can call as well, 306-541-9840. Think with your head and choose the right rubber. Also, quick, quick plug. Last Mount, the new uh, Mango Seltzers, like they're a sub-brand locals. Unreal. Oh, yeah. I diesel those at Craven. They're good, man. And they look yeah. like bottles of water. You can get away with those anywhere. So yeah, you know, they taste like bottles of water, too. It's the worst thing ever. Just diesel them, what? Yeah. Perfect. So yeah. get on no, down. No off switch with those things. <laughs> Perfect. Last mound. Check them out. Mango, seltzer, the vodka. They look like sparkling water. They, actually, they don't even sparkle. There's a little water in a bottle. Just try it. It's unreal. If you haven't, do it today. Turn responsibly. Okay. What we got here? We got about 12 minutes here for real live with our guest. Uh, Rip, why don't you fill us in? What's going on with you over there in England? Uh, what's new? What's happening? How's uh, how's hockey? How's life? Uh, hockey's going real well. We've uh, we've won 10 straight league games, so we're flames are buzzing. Flames are hot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're doing real well as a team. I mean, I scored a nice goal the other night, so that's – it's good oh, to don't be so nice, Rip. Um, yeah, snipe, P90 curve, top, head hey. And TM. TM. Hello, cheese. What, the... uh... <laughs> Big Sally. Okay, so you guys have won 10 lead games. Okay, ten what, in a row. what do you mean by that? What the hell is, what's, what else is there? So here you play, oh my goodness, what's it called? CC. So it's like, there's three trophies you play for during the year. There's right. obviously like the the league trophy, which is like the president's cup or president's trophy. And then there's like a mini little like tournament where so you're put in division. So we're against Coventry and uh Cardiff. Okay. And so you play around Robin there, and then um the top eight. So there's three other or two other divisions. Uh Champions Cup, I think. No, it's not champions. I don't know. CC. All right. It's a cup game, he called. 
And so right. you, uh, our guest is going to come on before I finish this fucking story. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so you play your round robin and then, then you get seated one through eight after your round robin games. Okay. And then you play, uh, um, I think it's two game total points up until the, maybe it's the last four. So it's like turns into a series and then it goes into a final four and you play one game series offs to win that cup. And then the the third cup is just playoffs. So it's the top eight teams get in and playoffs. Okay, don't worry. I'm not frozen. I'm just locked. all over the map. I'm in a blender right now. So okay. yeah, it's all over the map. So do you, like, you just play games and hopefully you win the right ones. <laughs> it's roulette. You're just playing. No, yeah. Hopefully hit it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how are, you, how are you doing personally? Okay, you scored a goal the other night. Big one. Boys, another win. Where are you at now? I know the season was off to a I would say a rocky start, but it was a slower start than you're used to as a player, a point producer. Uh, you know, for you, where are you at? Feeling better? Yeah. I, um, I mean, I wouldn't say I started off too slow. Just like the way my role is this year, it's I'm not getting those offensive chances that I did last year. Right. But uh, I like my point. To- my point totals as a rookie is actually still pretty good. Yep. Like I think I got. And I think we've played 15 games and I got three goals and three assists, which is pretty good for a guy who's playing bottom six minutes. Right. right. Uh, absolutely. No, I definitely wasn't dissing you by any means because I'm over here late. No. That'll save. But no, uh, <laughs> I'm pumped for you though. So keep playing, keep do, doing what you're doing. I mean, obviously, like I try and follow as much as I can. Time zone's tough, but um, I, I love seeing you score goals. So it's sick. So keep that up. I love scoring goals. Gilford, uh, follow the boys back. We just share all your content. So I saw you read it today. I saw that. I'm going to tag Gilford in this poster right now, so you better follow the boys back and off the hosel. Check us out. Yeah. Um, okay, we should talk. I mean, you know, I want to talk a little bit of hockey now because I, like, I just I just want to continue this right now because that's just yeah. worth it. But where are we at in the NHL? Like the Vancouver cannot go right there. Like right, right there. nightmare right now. Dude, that place is just a wildfire spreading everywhere, like right from the, the GMs. The you, got, you got management blaming coaches. You got coaches blaming players. You got players blaming coaches and management. It's nuts. It is a wild scene. Like they are, they are the worst team the later now. And it sucks because like, you know, Bruce Boudreau is a good hockey coach. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yeah, absolutely. And, and Jim Rutherford, he, he's won like four cups. Like two yeah. or what one or two with one with New Jersey. Like I, I don't get it. Like, are they are they trying to get Bedard? Which is you know he's a great player, but Vancouver kid too. Yeah, that is wild. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I watched some of their games. And I'm just like, it's hard to watch. Yeah, they're they're in one right now. I mean, they'll turn. I don't think they're trying to lose the team. Yeah, you think seven games in. True. Well, so, even even like Columbus, what are they three and six or three and five? Like three and five, yeah, yeah. five. And they have a lot of big big dogs in that team too, like guys like yeah. Crow and and Silly and Line uh, Line is there, and what's the Wrenski? Like they're gross too. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, even like you look at the teams, they're all they're all about chirping the Leafs around this and that. I mean, like like it's seven games, seven eight games in the season. Yeah, you know what, everyone out there, you don't win championships in October. So, relax. True. relax. And, and, and unless you're Gilford, you play for seventy-four trophies. 
So <laughs> uh, you don't know which one you're ever playing for. Okay, I want I want to quickly ask you our last guest, uh, KY three Keith Yandel. What were your thoughts on that podcast? It is so funny. It like it, it was just like I felt like I was laughing the whole time. Heads up, oh. stop with my tinnery clubs. <laughs> Not about it. Well, it's yeah. funny because so I, I always text you and I say like my guy or you say my guy lots of people say my guy. But then when he said like this guy, man, I probably said that like four times that we put out even thinking it. I just like, this guy. And then I did that. Yeah. Like everything he said, and I don't know, maybe because it's his accent or just the way he is, like the way he delivers it, he's so funny. Like I, yeah. I don't um yeah, I thought everyone enjoyed it. We got, the numbers were booming on that one. So I mean shocker. Keith. As it should be, oh, yeah. Puzzle bump. He's on TSN now. You're welcome, Keith. So, uh, <laughs> blue check mark TSN. Yeah, exactly. Didn't have a check mark. Comes in the pod. Check mark. Doesn't have a TSN job. I mean, he probably had a job already, but, yeah. um, yeah. Hopefully, get some more Boston guys on. Maybe, maybe. Mm. Don't like the kiss and tell, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, what else you got? Do you want to just have you golfed over there or what? What's the one? Yeah, I played. Three rounds now. I played back to back, I think last week. It was two days off. We had Monday, Tuesday off, so I golf Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. And how, how yeah, the weather's still really nice here. So it's like plus 16, 17 out every day. Yeah. Enjoy your snow over there, you pigeons. <laughs> that sucked. It snowed and then now it's a like gross out and slushy and it's brutal. Yeah. What, uh, how are you playing? How's the game? I don't know. Just okay. It's, it's, it's different. It's tough. It's weird. Different. I mean, like, yeah. I don't want to say we play at shitty courses, but like, we play courses that aren't as nice as what I'm used to. Yeah, yeah I understand. So actually, it makes conditions harder, right? For sure. You're not used yeah. to different, and you're probably not as motivated to play well too. Like, you're you're there for different. No, I don't. You're there. I don't care. I'm like, we get Mondays off. I'm tired from the week. I'm golfing. Like, yeah, just there to hang. That's a boys. bonus. Yeah. Okay. Well. uh, Man, I don't know how to say his last name. Do you want to say it? Ooh. Okay, well, he's from Arlington Heights. He's a trainer. Played 10 years pro, if you didn't know. He'll tell you yeah. about it. He's a beauty. Uh, man, this guy, I saw this guy, like, probably six or seven months ago. Just on, like, Twitter doing a video, and I was like, this guy. Levecchio. That's my guess, Levecchio. That's what I'm thinking, too. I didn't want to say it. Okay, so, anyways, but this guy, he, he's smart. He, he's played pro a long time. He's now a trainer, but man, like he's such a good motivator. And I think like, you know, even for like me watching it, like I'm a coach and I'm a motivator guy on the bench. Like I'm not like very quiet and pretty dead. The guy's up and beat kind of thing. Yeah. He's like that. And like, he fires me up and like someone just talks about visualization and mental prep and this, and you know, it feeds right into like what I try and believe in and try and teach. So uh, I'm excited for the interview today. Um, yeah. Like I said, he's from Arlington Heights, alumni of Western Michigan, Jeff Lovecchio. Uh, we'll send it over now to Jeff. So, we hope you enjoy the interview. Here it is. Off the Hosel is proudly presented by Cutter and Buck Clothing. Cutter and Buck Clothing is crafted for your active lifestyle, engineered for exceptional versatility, so it'll be perfect for work, work from home, travel, date night, golf, walking, boating, hiking, and entertaining. Their clothing is thoughtfully engineered with performance features like moisture wicking, stretch, UPF for sun protection, and with easy care and time-saving features such as durable collars, added spandex, and blended fabrics that are comfortable and stylish. Cutter & Buck shares their commitment to sustainability 
with their commitment to sustainable products, sustainable operations, and sustainable production. When you choose Cutter & Buck clothing, you are getting the genuine spirit of the Pacific Northwest. Check out Cutter & Buck on all their social media platforms. Alrighty, we're pleased to have on today from Arlington Heights. He's an alumni of Western Michigan, was signed by the Boston Bruins as a free agent, played 10 years pro, if you didn't know. I'm sure he'll tell you about it. Now he's a personal trainer and doing great things. Uh, we're pleased to have on today, Jeff Lovecchio. What, what up? Uh, already messed up my bio, but that's okay. I was born in Arlington Heights. I live in St. Louis, did play 10 years pro. What's up? Not a big deal. And uh, I'm actually a, a certified strength coach, not a personal trainer, but that's all right. People, you know, most people don't know the difference. Exactly. That's why I said it. So I had a 50-50 chance of getting that one right. And I was born in, born in Arlington, right? Correct? Yeah, correct. You yeah. Got and it. loves wearing Jordans. Yeah, only. Oh, show you my... My office is a mess right now, but I got all my J's over there. So I can look at them. Yeah, baby. Oh, I love it. Sick background too. Two sick jerseys, Western Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Cheddar. Not a big deal. What's up? <laughs> okay. Left side heavy. Left side heavy. I love it. I've been there before too. Not quite as Western Michigan though, but uh, Jeff, first off, uh, no, what's new with you? How are things? What's going on? Uh, not much, man. This is, uh, this is like my off season. So the hockey in season is like my business's off season. Um, so, uh, during the off, the actual hockey off season, I'm, I'm working all day and night. Like I'm either in the gym, usually, uh, Mondays and Tuesdays this past summer, I had up to 130 guys, 135 guys. Um, and then Wednesday's a little bit lighter day, probably like, I don't know, 40, um, Thursday, Friday is like a hundred, a hundred. And then Saturday I took off usually, or I worked with like really young kids that are friends, of my friends of mine that have young kids. And then sat, Sunday, I, uh, I worked with these, uh, two young amateur hockey players that, uh, one had like a serious bone marrow disease. The other had, um, had a heart, heart surgery. So I was working to help them get healthy. And, and then after that, I would work with, uh, some veterans that play hockey here in St. Louis. So, uh, work with a bunch of veterans every Sunday and I'm, I still do that year round. So now I, I work like, uh, kids in the morning, um, couple of parents of clients that I have that I'm really close with and then a college team. And then I mainly work, uh, online. I train, like I have a D division three NCAA team that I'm working with. Um, you know, I've got, you know, hundreds of players in different organizations all over the country and then a bunch of teams and then in like programs that people can just sign up for and, and be a part of. So I do a lot more online focus uh, right now. So yeah, that's pretty much my life. I'm either in the gym or I'm helping people online with the gym and my, my life is a gym. That's <laughs> I'm a sick. nerd. Well, gym. I love it. That's yeah. uh, so Jeff, the first time I ever actually saw you on, like I heard of you and saw you was on social media, was on Twitter. And I'm like, this guy fucking swears a ton. I'm like, who is this guy? And then I started watching the video and you're training this group and you're fired up and you're like, you're a motivator. And then you're doing some battle simulation of, of a corner battle. And then you're like, yeah, fucker, 10 years pro. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I'm like, we need this guy in the podcast. So that's why I'm blowing your phone. Yeah. Up. yeah. Like, so you're a motivator. You're fired up. I love it. You must have played like that, but obviously people get the most out of, you know, your exercises and, and whatever you're doing with the players. Yeah, I I was a captain on every team I was on. Like, you know, I was a captain in the AHL for a bit. You know, college, I was captain, named captain as a sophomore. I was a captain of juniors before when I was a kid, you know, over in Europe, like in Japan, every, everywhere I played. Like, I just, 
I found at a young age that um, when I forced myself to be a leader, which was uncomfortable when I was younger, it made me like hold myself accountable. And I just realized I can't ask other guys to like give a hundred percent if I'm not giving a hundred percent. So like, I kind of forced it on myself and, uh, and the gym was a massive part of me being able to even play juniors a second year to get a scholarship, to play pro like without the gym, I would not have made, I was not good enough. And, uh, I, I just found that like, you know, the intensity that I put into the gym crossed over to the ice. And when I played intense on the ice, I was much better. Uh, when I trained intense, I got better results. And uh, I don't know, I just, I, I don't have like a, a medium. I have like sleeping or like a hundred. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't have a medium. If people are in the gym with me, it's my job and my goal to make them fucking better every single second that they're in there. Like if they're not getting better, it's my fault. You know, I look at it that way. And so luckily now I only work with like, you know, pros, division one, division three, junior players. Those that's like 95% of my business. So I don't have to like, I'm not training like little kids all the time where I got to yeah. like put on a clown, cl- yeah. you know, a clown show. Um, back almost. Right. Right. So like I have guys in there that like, they're like, they're, they're trying to get that, $200,000 scholarship, or they're trying to make an extra million dollars in the NHL or trying to go from the AHL to the NHL. So like, I want to get everything out of them and they want to get everything out of themselves. So I just, I fucking, I, I approach a gym. Like I did a game, like I'm getting pumped up in my car before I'm fucking I, all day long. That's what I do. Like, I love helping people get better. I love it. Rip, go ahead. That's awesome, man. That's unreal. I'm going to, so do you, do you got any good stories? Like when you're training with guys, obviously you're very intense. So if there's going to be high emotions. Have you, do you got any stories where guys are like challenging you back? Like, like a fuck you. <laughs> only, only really one actually, honestly, um, before I started my company. So like I, I played 10 years pro, right? My first year I signed with the Bruins. And then uh, that summer I got a concussion and I missed my whole first year pro. I uh, thought I was never going to play again. I, I literally, I didn't work out. I didn't play hockey for like, nine months i didn't touch the ice i couldn't work out uh like eight nine months thought i was never gonna play again you know uh, whatever um so i got that one the next year is my first year like being healthy so it was my second year of my nhl deal and uh, i got another concussion that year after i like was doing really well to start the year um then my third year i get another concussion and i was like okay like at that point like i said it was my third but it was actually like my my like seventh um <laughs> like like literally like actually and uh i was just like no like i'm playing i decided i'm gonna play i'm gonna fucking play um which is stupid anybody listening like don't do that you get one brain um but uh so i was like okay you know i got to prepare for my life after hockey if i get another one I, i might be done and so i decided to start my training company um and that's when i started taking on clients but before that my 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 you know second and third year pro um, a couple pro guys in St. Louis that were my buddies growing up, they were like, yeah, we'll just, we'll just train with you. So like, I would just tell them when I was going to the gym and then they would just come to the gym with me and I would coach them, even though like I had never done it before. I was just like, I'm writing my own programs. Yeah. This is what we're doing. You know, I mean, I, I won testing everywhere. I went in the NHL and college, you know, everywhere. Like I, this, this is why I was able to play. It's just because I was like really good at this. And, uh, uh, one of my best friends, actually, his name is Travis Turnbull. He's in the DEL. He's been in the DEL for like friggin' 
10, 11 years, got a couple games in the NHL, like literally one of my best friends in the world. Uh, but he's super ADD. Like he is so ADD. It's insane. It's like you're talking to him. I'm trying to explain it. And it's like squirrel. And he's just like looking around and like just nonstop. Like I'm always having to rein him in. And uh, it's like a joke in the gym now because I still train him. You know, he's on year like 14 of his pro career, I think. Um, but this one time it was just me, him and another guy. And I just was like, if you're not going to fucking pay attention, don't fucking trade with me because I'm not as good as you. And I have to fucking do this shit like a hundred percent. If you're not going to give a hundred percent, don't fucking train with me. And we just start screaming at each other in the middle of a lifetime fitness. All these old people are walking around. <laughs> rich people are walking around. I'm like, this is my fucking life. I have to fucking do this. If you're going to train with me, you fucking pay attention. I'm not explaining the drills 50 fucking times. And he's like, fuck you. I was paying attention. And we're going back and forth. And he finally just leaves. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I went over to his house that night to like, just like laugh about it after if I saw him the next day at the gym, we hugged it out. It was over. You know, it wasn't a bit, it was just two guys getting heated in the moment, yeah. testosterone flying, you know, we're buzzing in the gym. And that, that literally was the only time I've, I've ever had anybody uh, uh, give me any pushback or like tell me to chill or anything. Well, no shit. No one's coming after you after that story. <laughs> <laughs> I, I take this shit seriously, man. Like yeah, it changed it. my life. It literally changed my life. Like training changed my life, not only hockey, but also like confidence in life. Um, I've helped, you know, thousands of people now uh, through my online training, through my in-person training, doing this for 11 years. Like I, I have a system and it works. And so I'm like, if you're going to take my time out of my day and come to my gym, like I'm happy you're coming and you're paying me and all that stuff. But like, I want to get you results because I don't want you walking around in the world being like, Oh, I train with Vex, but you come in and you half-ass it and you get half-ass results. And people are like, Oh, Vex sucks. It's like, no, right. if you come in with me, like you're coming in to fucking get better and there's no yeah. other option. Yeah. Well, I want to talk more about that, Jeff, in a little bit here, but I do want to talk about your junior career a little bit. You played, you know, some, some you show, as they say, uh, some solid success and then went on to play at uh, Western Michigan and that you mentioned you were the captain at one point I, I want to talk about you know obviously going from junior and then and then college like what was that I guess maybe the the biggest step from you know playing the USHL and then going to college um, you know walk us through obviously you said you, you had to work really hard to get there but you know for people that don't know Dude, that's such a good question because I do like uh I do like live advising calls, like through my Instagram, I'll just be like, you know, if yep. anybody needs to talk to me during the year, here's a link, you can set it up. And um, I've been doing a lot of those these last two, two years. And the biggest question I get is like, I lost my confidence. What do I do? What do I do? I'm not confident. I don't know if I can play at this level. And I tell everybody, man, the hardest jump in my career was not like the AHL to like the NHL preseason games I got to play or like black acing or being in camp with those guys. And it wasn't division one to the AHL. It wasn't, you know, whatever AHL to European pro. It was literally midget to juniors. That was the hardest jump for me. Cause you go yeah. from like a boy's game to a man's Man. game. Yeah. Cause like coaches in juniors, they, that's how they live. If they got kids, they're feeding their family off wins and losses, you know, most likely and and how the team is doing and stuff like that. So, like, that is a real league. That's a real job. Somebody's supporting themselves fully on wins and losses. And if you're not getting it done, you're cut. See, ya. you know, you're gone. Um, so the 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 that mindset 
um, from the coach was definitely a lot harder for me. My first year, I was a young, I was 17 in the USHL back then when everybody was older, I was one of the youngest players in the league. And so like that, that first year was really hard. It was really hard. I was a huge plus. I hadn't gotten into working out yet. I actually tore my groin off the bone, um, game. I, I scored like I think I led our team actually in preseason scoring my first year in the USHL and everybody's like, Oh, this guy's sick. This guy's sick. And, uh, <laughs> I didn't score until game 31. It's my first goal is a tip in. Nobody knew I even scored it. So at game 31, I, 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 like right after Christmas, I had a goal and two assists. I think I might've played one more game and I tore my groin off the bone from like a freak hit. Like I just got dummied, uh, dumping the puck in and my groin tore off the bone. So painful. So I, I wind up um, not playing for, it was like, it was 93 days. And that's what got me into working out. Like, you know, they didn't give me an MRI. They were being cheap, you know, looking back, I know that shit now. Right. Like if they just got me an MRI, I would have found out what the fuck it was right away. They didn't. So all I could do was work out my upper body with the, the trainer on the team. And I fell in love with working out. I got way more confident when I came back on the ice for playoffs at the end of the year, I had so much more confidence just because I knew I had put in the work, I was feeling strong in the corners, all that stuff. And then from there, you know, it, it just got my career kind of took off all because I started really like working out. Um, so yeah, man, juniors, uh, midgets to juniors was definitely the biggest jump for me. I want to ask one question before Rip jumps in. Uh, the three years in college, did, did you finish your college career or were you injured? No, I missed that. I should have signed after my sophomore year. I tore up sophomore year. I played really, really well. I was on a line with a guy who wound up playing, I don't know, 150 games in the NHL, maybe 200. And he played like five years in the KHL. His name's Paul Shahura. Unbelievable oh, yeah, yeah. player. Wow. Unbelievable player. Um, and I played with another guy's unbelievable disher, unbelievable player. His name is Patrick Galvin. He's part of GVN Performance that now runs the US NTDP um, strength program. Um, wow. So him and his brother run that. And, uh, they were just unbelievable lineys and we just complimented each other so well. I was the meat. They were the skill, you know, and I could just, I, I, I skated like happy Gilmore, but I was really fast and I could score. So like, they just did such a good job at finding me and like put, you know, I'd go wherever I'd go. And somehow these nasty guys would get me the puck in a position where I could bury. And so I had a really good year and I had a lot of teams in the NHL saying they were going to sign me. Um, I decided to come back one more year cause I was the captain as a sophomore um, the team unanimously voted me the captain, not a big deal. And, uh, <laughs> I like to fuck around boys. I like to have fun. Um, but yeah, the team unanimously voted me captain and, and the, and the, uh, players, because like, I was just like always pushing everybody to be better. When I got there, my freshman year, we sucked. And I, I held, I remember holding a meeting. We had 11 freshmen and I held a meeting in the dorms, like after like two weeks. And I was like, boys, I don't know about you, but I will not stand for this. Like, I'm not fucking going to go here for four fucking years and we're going to be all about partying. We're not going to fucking like give our, at, you know, try. We're not going to get better. Like, no, this shit's going to stop. We have the biggest class. I don't care that we're the youngest. We're all, our class was a bunch of monsters. We were freaks. We were the strongest. We were the most dedicated and we like played the most. So I was like, we're fucking turning this shit around. I don't care. And we, my class was awesome. Bunch of leaders. And we started turning that shit around halfway through the year. And then they named me captain as a sophomore. We, we wound up getting ranked nationally my sophomore year. By the end of the year, we were like 22nd or something. And for Western, that was a big deal. And uh, I should have left after my sophomore year. I wanted to stay one more year. And I told coach, I want to help the program go in the right direction. So I'll stay one more year. And we lost Shahura, who I told you about. 
Um, and then we also lost Mark Latestu. He was freshman of the year. Oh, wow. He played like, yeah, he played probably like seven straight years in the NHL and then probably parts of like three or four other years in the NHL, probably yeah. really good players. So we lost him too. Um, and, uh, I just didn't have as good a year, my, my junior year, but luckily I had a couple teams still that wanted to sign me. So I signed with the Bruins and, uh, and turned pro after my junior year. Fuck that. Unreal. Um, yeah. Why Western Mish then? Like, how was that recruiting process? And was there any other programs that um, were coming after you? Yeah, it's a good question. So at my second year, I talked to like Northeastern. They offered me like a two for four to go in after my second year. I wasn't ready to go. I wasn't ready to go yet. And um, I didn't even take a visit, which is just stupid. Um, I just was like, nah, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to wait, you know, another year. And uh, after my or mid midway through my third year is when like I, I really started to, to do really well and like really find my game. And I had a bunch of schools talking to me, um, smaller schools. I had bigger. I had Ohio State offer me a two for four. But I think Ohio State was like freaking like like 50 grand a year. And my parents do do well for themselves. But like that that's a hundred thousand dollars for school after they already paid for my whole hockey career coming up, yeah. you know? And I was just like, no, I'm sorry guys. You're my dream school. But I, I, my goal has always been to have my parents not pay any money and I just can't do that to them. I don't want to do that to them. So I had to say no to, I didn't have to, my parents were like, do it if you want it. Um, but I said, no, no to them. Um, UNH just talking to them. They're like, Hey, you know, if you, if you, if you stay another year, so if you play a fourth year, we'll give you a full ride for the year after. And I was like, I can't dude. I was playing for a psycho coach. I was like, I don't great coach, but a psycho. And I was like, I don't, I can't play for this guy. another year. like, I'm, uh, and I was ready. I'm like, I'm ready to go. I like to be challenged. I'm, right. I'm ready for a new challenge. So I said no to that. Um, I had some other small schools, Bowling Green, uh, Mankato before they were Mankato, who now like my junior coach is the coach there now. Um, and, uh, uh, just didn't feel right. I stepped on Western mission. When Western mission called me, I didn't even know they were division one school. I, I had never heard of them. Um, you know, they were, they weren't, they were perennially like top bottom three um, in the CCHA back then. Um, but I was like, yeah, I watched their game against Michigan on TV. And I was like, Oh my God, that student section is electric. I don't know if you ever watched a game of Western Michigan's, but do okay. they have, they have top three, top five. For sure. uh, what's that? What do they call like the student section there? Uh, the Lawson lunatics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. They're unbelievable. Unbelievable, man. Like literally electric factory. I think the only rink that's better. And I, I can't believe I'm saying this because my cousin, all he does is suck him off. Cause he went to Cornell is uh, that Cornell's uh, student section is supposed to be the best like, in, in all of college. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I've seen, I never got to play against him there. Cause different, different conferences, but, you know, I've watched the videos and it is it is absolutely electric. But I think Westerns is better than the big house. I think it's better than University of Michigan, where actually he works now. Um, and uh, and I saw that game and I was like, OK, yeah, I'll, I'll come on a visit. And I went on a visit and it was just felt right. Like it was just like stepping into like a, a warm, you know, fucking snuggly yeah. blanket. I was like, and since they were like last place, I even though no one else thought this, I was like, 
fuck yeah. I'm going to go in here. I'm going to, I'm going to play so much because I believe in myself. And since it's not like a UNH or a Michigan or a Boston, like I'm going to come in and I'm going to have a chance, even though I, I think I was the last forward recruited actually for my class too. And, uh, I, and I also going in was like, I'm not going to stay all four years. I'm, I'm going to turn pro. And like, if I said that out loud to anybody, they would have laughed at me like literally. And in my head, I was like, I'm not staying four years. I'm going to play a shitload here. I'm going to get better. I'm going to keep getting fucking jacked and I'm going to turn pro and leave early. And, uh, and that's what I did. There it is. <laughs> All right. We're going to keep on going now. So in your younger days of pro, um, you got to play with guys like Tuka, yeah. Brad Marshak, David Krejci. Yeah. Um, what was it like playing with those guys that when they're young and coming up, up in the, in the ranks? It was awesome, man. I mean, Marshy, just the best guy ever, the best teammate ever, um, always has everybody's back. He's absolutely nasty. He's the funniest trash talker of all time, like all time. Just I remember we were playing in Bridgeport and that was um, that was the Islanders farm team. Yeah. And he starts talking shit with Greg Malden, who'd already played probably like a couple hundred games in the NHL. And Marshy hadn't played any. And he's yelling at the guy, I'll crush you with my wallet. I'll crush you with my wallet. Shut up. He just always say that and guys are like, dude, I got a hundred games in the show. I've made way more money than you in hockey, but he didn't care. He would just talk so much shit. He was the best dude. And Tuca, I, I, my first pro practice, I sign, I leave Western, I fly to, uh, so we played uh fair state in playoffs. We lost, um, we lost on Saturday in Ferris. We lost Friday. We lost Saturday. We got swept. I signed with Boston on Sunday night. My mom flew up because I was pretty sure I was going to sign. So my mom flew up. I signed and I was on a plane, I believe, Tuesday morning. Um, so like we lost Saturday night late and I was on a plane already signed Tuesday morning. I went to Boston, um, did all the physicals, all that shit for the Bruins. And then I went down to Providence and my first practice was on Wednesday. They, they were the best team in the AHL. They had set a record or they were about to set a record for most wins in a season in the AHL. And, uh, you know, Tuca's in that they just had two days off because they swept the team on the weekend and I get out there and obviously like, I'm a go hard. Like, that's just me. Like that's that I, I if I play slow, I suck. Like that's not, so I don't play men's league. Cause I'll either, you know, kill somebody and like play my hardest, kill myself, or I'm just, I don't want to play. Um, so, so I'm out there and I'm putting everything in every shot. I'm back checking. And these guys just had two days off. They're probably boozing the whole time. Tuca is standing on the goal line, the entire practice, like literally it was like a flow practice, probably like 35, 40 minutes. He's literally on the goal line, saving every fucking shot. Like every shot he's on the, he's not challenging. He's just like reacting, you know? And I don't know if he was like practicing like his reactions or if he was hung, I, like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I remember coming back to line, like after a couple of times shooting on him and I'm like, uh, are, are we, are we supposed to try on this guy? Like what, what, like what's he doing? There's a Hestuka, like does that sometimes like no one could score on him. He's on the goal line, like zero angle all the way back in the net and he he effortlessly is just like he's snapping like, him up the air like guys shooting absolute piss missiles and he's yeah. just like like looks like it's in slow motion saving almost every shot and i was like oh my god this guy is so good and then to end practice you know the movie goon yeah yeah right so the movie that guy is about was our fighting coach that year in providence he's a real person he's a real person and yeah. so at the end of practice um 
coach is like, uh, all right, boys on the, on the blue line, we're just going to bag for like five minutes. And then he's like, uh, Mac in the corner with, with Dougie or, and, and I was just like, oh, I don't know what that means. All right. So I'm on the blue line and we're just skating, you know, and I'm just skating as hard as I can trying to win every fucking bag skate. It's my first pro practice. And then I just hear in the corner, like, like, like he's like loud noises. And I look down in the corner and this absolute fucking monster, like six, five, 260 pounds, Steve McIntyre. I don't know if you guys know who that is. Oh, yeah. He's like the toughest man yeah. who's ever played. Is in the in the corner with this guy who comes out and he's only got on shin pads and elbow pads and a jersey. And this guy, this McIntyre guy who had just met, is spinning around with this fighting coach. And the fighting coach is holding a mitt by his face. And he's spinning around, practicing punching the mitt. And I was like, where the hell am I? And at the end of the bag skate, Scott Gordon, the head coach, is like, Lebecki out. Go down there and work with them. If you're going to play the way I heard you're going to play, you're going to have to know how to protect yourself. And I was like, oh, my God, that I'm not going anywhere near that guy. <laughs> and, you know, I, I told Boston right like two weekends prior to that when they came down for the last time to watch me. I talked to the the assistant GM. I think it was it, he was at the time, John Weisbrod. And he's like, you know, can you fight? Because like, if you, you know, play, it's not like I was like, like a huge hit or anything, but I just like played hard all the time. I just played hard. And uh, I was like, can you fight? Because you're going to have to fight like the way you play for sure, at least a little bit. And I was like, I've, I've, I've fought like a decent amount. Like we, we used to fight all time in practice too. So like I was, I got in a lot more fights in practice in juniors. Cause we were crazy, like real fights, like once a week guys are fighting. It was fucking, it was nuts. And uh, that was just like the culture there. And I'm like, yeah, I can fight. Like, I'm not like great at it, but like, I I'll fight anyone. And then my first practice, I'm down in the corner with Steve McIntyre. And I was like replaying that sentence in my head that I said to him, like, I'll fight anyone. I was like, I will not fight. Yeah, I'm not going near you. He will literally punch my head off of my body. And uh, yeah, that was my first pro practice, man. Welcome to the fucking pros, eh? Yeah, it was wild. It was from Tuca, from like how good everyone was and how crisp everything was. They were the number one team in the AHL. And then, you know, the end practice, everyone's bag skating except one guy who's practicing punching mitts in the corner. And I was like, is this the UFC? What is this? That's wild. Jeff, I want to ask you, uh, you spent six or so years overseas playing in Europe. Obviously, like uh, Turner is doing that now over in England, but you know, what was it like, the hockey, the scenery? Obviously, it's different than, I'm, I'm assuming, than the American League and your, you know, the always 100, 100 league, they call it. You're fighting for your life out there. Uh, you know, just walking through playing over in Europe. Yeah. I, uh, you know, you don't know what you don't know going over there. I was really stupid, and I, I, I got nervous towards the end of summer, and I should have waited to go into, like, a higher league. It's kind of like a hierarchy over there. Like if you played in the AHL most of your U.S. career, like you can start in a higher league. If you had any NHL games, you're going to start in a higher league. Um, you know, so like I was getting nervous because I had a girl who had just moved in with me from Boston to St. Louis. So I was like, fuck, I got to support us. I got to get a contract. And so I got an offer late, late summer to go and play in the Italian league. And I was like, ah, whatever, I'm going to take it. And my agent, I, he didn't even know. And I called him the next day. I'm like, Hey, I signed in Italy. And he just loses his mind. He's like, why the fuck would you do that? What? Do you? And I was like, I don't know, dude, I needed a contract. So I, I played in Italy, um, for this coach who was an absolute donkey, just an absolute donkey, just <laughs> like, like great at X's and O's terrible manager of like personalities. Um, 
yeah, like just everybody on the team did not like him. We, sh- we, we had a pretty good team too, because back then the Italian league, you could have seven imports, I think it was, but a lot of guys that were Canadian um, had Italian passports and they wouldn't count as an import. So I think my team, we had nine or 10 imports and that was almost every team that year. Cause it was the year of the lockout. Um, so the league was actually pretty good that year. And um, so I did all right there. It's a big change going over to Europe. Like, like it's a, it is way different, especially in a lower league, like Italy, it was uh, it, it, again, it was a good league, but like, dude, it's, it's, it's different. Like freaking no no like uh um equipment guy like he'd come in for games and like we'd leave our laundry there and they would do the laundry right um but like our locker room none of our shit would ever dry like and like that's a little thing but when you're putting on wet gear every day your equipment breaks down right and like you're getting rashes all over and like it's fucking italy like there's mold on everything because the houses are so old and i lived in this tiny little town and the fans were amazing don't get me wrong the fans like we our stadium was always packed it was small but it was awesome had a great time um and then i got to move up leagues because i i scored like uh i scored over 20 um and uh Back then in pro hockey, if you scored over 20, you're considered like, like, oh, you know, you can score goals. He's a goal scorer if you score 20 or more. Um, so I moved up a league because my line mate from that team was playing in Norway the year before. And so he called the GM was like, hey, this guy could score for you, whatever. So I wound up playing in Lillehammer and it was awesome. Absolutely loved it. The fans like really took to me. That's when I really got into like uh, playing it up to the fans, like because European fans are like soccer fans. They're not hockey fans like they are over here. They're like European soccer fans. They're waving banners and beating drums and everybody's got their face painted and they're jumping together at the same time. Like playing in front of European fans is so much more fun than playing in front of um, American and Canadian fans. Like it's, it's especially in like the really good cities and the really good uh, uh, leagues. Um, I did really well there. I was like one of the top scorers in the league, buried a lot. Uh, was a captain. And then, so I finally got in a league that I wanted to be in. I wanted to be in Germany or Austria. And I, I, I got into Austria and I was like emailing teams myself, like, like I can, I can help you. Like, just give me a shot, you know? And then I get an, a new agent and he gets me there and I fucking torched the league. I, uh, I scored, uh, I think I, I led the league in goals and points through 23 games. I had like 20 goals in like 23 games or something. Absolutely on fire. I'm getting all these big contract offers, you know, a relative big, you know, for me and for the league and stuff. And I was looking for like multi-year, like a three-year deal worth, you know, like the most money I'd made other than my NHL contract. And uh, <laughs> my agent had the coach also on the team. And the coach was a first-year pro coach. And he had... Um, he doesn't have anything to do with contracts. It's the GM, right? The GM is from there. It's his job. The coach doesn't have anything to do with that. Well, my agent tells the coach what I'm asking for. And the coach was making peanuts because uh, the coach who was supposed to be there quit like a week before the season started. This guy was like, they just brought him in randomly. He was going to be an assistant, kind of like learn. I don't even know if they were going to pay him. And uh, so they bring this guy in and he, he was a good dude when we were winning, um, you know, everybody liked him. And then, you know, I'm on this hot streak. And, and so I'm leading the league in goals and points. That's when my agent decides to be like, okay, Levecchio looking for this. And he has nothing to do with contract negotiations. I come to the rink the next day and he's like, how much fucking money do you think you're worth? And I was like, Oh, uh, and I said like the number <laughs> and he's, why the fuck do you think that? And I was like, 
I don't know. I'm leading the league in goals and points. And I know what he's making and I'm, okay, I'm leading the league in goals and points. So that's what I'm looking for. Um, and so like, because of the contract negotiations, like things kind of broke down. So I just asked to leave and I went back to Norway. So I finished that season in Norway. And then I got to, uh, I played in Japan for the next two years in the Asian league, which was my favorite spot. I played, um, overseas you get treated like an absolute king over there. I got my own room on the road everywhere we went. We flew to every game, uh, every team, except for one that was like a two-hour bus ride away. Um, you know, like just paid well, treated well. We had our, there's only three imports on a team there. So we had, um, we had our translator who would be on the ice with us, who never played hockey, couldn't skate. So when the coach is talking and drawing up drills on the board, you know, the three imports are standing in the back next to Konami, who is our, uh, our translator. And, you know, he's saying what the coach is saying and his English is good, but it's not like, it's not like our English. So, you know, I play there two years. So, you know, I, after a year, I figure out like what he's leaving out and stuff. <laughs> and that was that was a really really cool experience that league was russia south korea china and japan so like i got to see all those countries cool. the team the team asked me my my second year the team was like um have you ever been to the great wall and i was like or no it was my first year because they're like have you ever been to the great wall and i was like no and they're like do you want to go and i was like yeah that'd be pretty cool so when we were going to china like wherever the game was we had to fly like 12 hours a different way to go to the great wall. They brought the whole team, all the, all the, all the staff, all these people. And it was like an extra four days because I said, I wanted to go to the great wall. It was, it was wild, dude. It was wild. It was so cool. Like, yeah. Yeah. So treated super, super well in Japan. Absolutely loved my time there. I wish I would have just went to Japan to start my overseas career and tried to stay there for as long as I could because they pay really well. The, the league is really fun. Um, it's really skilled, really fast with skilled. Like, I mean, like they don't like hit a lot. It's more skill focused yeah. um, and, and really fast. And it was, it was a great time. Then I went back to my team in Austria that I played at the year bef uh, before I went to Japan and I finished, uh, finished my career there. I got a wild dinger. Wild. Uh, so I, lo I looked at uh, the two imports you played with your first year in Japan, two yep. Western Canada boys, Wacy yep. Rabbit. Yeah. The man. Yeah. The man. He's sick. He's awesome. And Jesse, Jesse Craig. Yeah. Yes. He finished his pro career as a captain of my team that I play for here. Oh, no way. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. He was a good dude, man. He was a good dude. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. How, how did, uh, so you played with him last year? No, no, no. He, he retired in 1920. So that's a couple oh, okay. years ago. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah man. He, yes, he, he was, he was a good dude for sure. That's wild. Coach, go ahead. What's that? Go ahead. Okay. Well, let's go to the questions from the gallery. I have a couple more here. I want to ask in the questions from the gallery sponsored by rubber Co. rubber Co. was founded in 2021. We have tons to offer. We got rubber mats, rubber flooring, speed bumps, parking curbs, and so much more. You can follow us on social media at rubber.co. Check out the website at www.rubbercrow.com. You can call as well. 306-541-9840. Jeff and everyone else out there, please think with your head and choose the right rubber. Love it. Also, by the way, that's rubber flooring. So, I mean, you like, you're on a trainer because you gave me shit for that already, but <laughs> rubber flooring for your gyms. There you go. Hit me up. Love it. Okay. So what do you call it again? You're not a trainer. What's the word for it? 
strength coach. I, I actually call myself a performance enhancement coach. Okay. Your performance hands enhancement coach. Enhancement coach. Sound it out, baby. Come on. Ninety-eight in English. I'm just getting blown up right now. Okay. Uh wow. I want you know what? This is brutal. Because we already talked (laughs) we already talked about your what you're doing. But I kind of want you to know what's the name of it, uh, how many NHLers you have, if you can say it, and you know, walk us through exactly what maybe let's just say what you're doing for a full day, one day in the summer, we'll say. Yeah. Oh man. That's a lot. Uh, yeah. My company's called Rip Talkie. Um, and, uh, so usually start with the college group. It's mostly D one. It's almost all D one guys. I train anywhere, anybody that's not a pro. Um, I usually train guys in groups of like 20 to 24. Um, so I got like 20 to, you know, it's summer. So like, you know, one week, a bunch of guys might be on vacation or whatever. So it might be 16 guys in there or whatever, but you know, up to, up to 20, I like to keep it at 20, not more, but guys are in and out with vacations and shit. Um, so I train the, the division one guys first, a couple D three guys in there, um, around anywhere from six to six 30 will start kind of depends on the ice schedule. And, uh, and then my second group is, uh, my pro group and that's nhl ahl east coast european pro um this this year uh i had two three full-time nhlers in there for most of the summer uh trent frederick uh chris weidman robert bortuzzo um uh, yeah big boys oh yeah and then i got guys that are on nhl deals that are you know could, could be up and down ryan mckinnis uh, he signed in the KHL, but then this whole, you know, war in Russia broke out. So he's in DEL now in Germany. Um, and uh, Austin Rushoff, he's on an NHL deal with the uh, Rangers. He's in the AHL. Zach Jordan, he's on uh, AHL East Coast. Joseph Wall, he'll be the next goalie for the Maple Leafs. He just signed a three-year yeah. extension with the Leafs. Um, he's freaking nasty. Um, so he'll be he'll be a full-time NHLer, you know, very soon. Um yeah, his three-year deal started this year that they just re-signed him to. Um, Alex Weidman, Chris's brother, uh, Jacob Wilson, first-year pro. He was uh, Arizona State's captain, and uh, this is his first year in the AHL. He signed with the Providence Bruins, where I used to play. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm sure I'm missing guys. It's you know, a the guys are in it. Tommy Napier, he's a goalie in the uh, Pens organization. He's one of the best, winningest college hockey goalies in the last probably ten years. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of guys, guys are in and out too. Like some guys might drop in for like three weeks and then, you know, go back to Canada or whatever. Um, so the college guys work out first and then they get on the ice with my third group, which is mainly junior and D3 players, couple D1 players. And then while those guys are on the ice, the pros are in. And then when those two groups get off the ice, the pros go on the ice and my third group comes in from the ice and that's the junior and D3 group. So that takes me from like six to, uh, to like 1230. Uh, then I'll, I'll go and work out myself, get, get lunch. Some days I have to go home and nap if it's a hard day for me. And I'm doing a lot of yelling, which is a a lot of yelling (laughs) and running around and trying to, you know, keep the boys dialed and all that stuff. Um, and then I'll come back for my youngest group at like three 30 or four, and that'll be, you know, an hour and 45 minutes, two hours. And then I'll have a high school organization that comes in that this year, I think it was like 35 players. And that was from, uh, that was from six to seven. So, uh, full day, hey? that's wild. yeah, I mean, 
I, I drive like to another gym. I don't work out in my gym because I also rent the gym out to a hockey camp. Um, and when I'm gone for those three hours, so then, um, you know, able to make some money without having to do anything and, and yeah. give, you know, help the rink out by, by, uh, you know, lending them the gym and all my equipment. And then I'll go work out, take a nap. So I'm basically in the gym for like 13 straight hours with like a little bit of a drive to another gym where I'll eat and work out myself and then come back to finish a day. Crazy bastard. You <laughs> it's a lot, man. I need a number two, but <laughs> I don't trust anybody to do it how I do it yet. So looking for that, but that's also why I, I'm really happy. I've grown my online training so much since COVID. Right. I didn't have anything before COVID. And then, uh, I started that and, uh, it's, it's doing really well and I'm able to help people for a lot cheaper. So that's, I love that. Well, you're crushing it. So keep doing that. Um, rip, go ahead. Uh, what is one main difference between the young guys now that are like in college and maybe first couple years of pro than from like when you played? Everybody wants to be like, oh, people are soft now. Players are soft now. But we talk about this on our podcast a lot. Um, I think that people just the standards get a, have gotten a little bit weaker. So people get like away with things. Um and just the world's different with like social media and like, you're not, I don't know, people just buried in their phones all the time. And obviously I understand that I contribute to that, but I at least try to just always put out stuff that's going to help people with my social media Yours, personally. Yeah. yeah. You know, like I want to be like, well, if you're going to be on there, at least you can learn from mine and you can get better and I can motivate you and like get you to think a different way and stuff like that. Instead of just looking at butts and, you know, TikTok dances <laughs> and stupid shit that's just rotting your brain. <laughs> drives me insane man um i i think that because of social media and now the world is so much you know smaller quote unquote because of the the connectedness of the internet and social media everybody thinks that it's easy to make it um like when i was younger like i didn't even know what the ohl was when they were calling me saying they were going to draft me i didn't i didn't know what western michigan was that was been my third year juniors and i'd never heard of western michigan university a d1 school like i just had had no idea um and now you know at least when i grew up in st louis there was very few players that were coming out going d1 going major junior or going pro like very few and all of them were around the same age as me. So like Cam Jansen, you know, was the first guy that I knew that made it to the NHL that, that I grew up with. He's an 84 absolute animal, unbelievable human, uh, great guy, always giving back to St. Louis hockey when I was younger. He was like the only guy I knew. And then Mike McKenna is an 83, played at St. Lawrence, finally got to the NHL after like five years pro, probably really grinded. So like, I didn't know anybody. So I didn't even know it was possible. You know, I was just like, doing the best I could and always fucking grinding. And then now there's so many guys from St. Louis that have played D one. Like that, that wasn't even a thing when I was a kid. So yeah. now I think a lot of guys are just like, well, I know so many guys that go D one. I know so many guys that have played some kind of pro. I know so many guys who played in the NHL and it's like, dude, that is still 0.00000001%. Like it is not easy. And it is an every fucking day thing to even get to the USHL now. Like it's even harder to get to USHL now than it was because everybody's got a strength coach now. Everybody's got a video coach. Everybody's got a nutritionist. Everybody knows you got to go to sleep. Everybody knows you got to take supplements. Everybody knows all this stuff. Yeah. Back in the day when I was playing, it was a lot easier for me to gain an edge because like back when I was playing, coming up in juniors and even college and even maybe even beginning pro some guys thought that they could get away with not working out 
or not working out hard, not being consistent. Right. And now it's like, no, dude, no one is good enough to not do everything because there's a million guys now who are doing everything they possibly can. And a team would rather take that guy because they know he's going to last longer. You know, he'll do whatever it takes. He has a better personality for the locker room, you know? So that mixed with guys having all these uh, examples around them of guys who are successful. They're just, they, I think that they think it's going to be easy and it's like, dude, you're going to get slapped in the face. And that's, that's part of the thing that like I offered all these guys. I'm like, no, 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 no. If this is something you want. And if you're training with me or you're around me, it's something you want. Cause I don't want to be around people who don't want it. Like, doesn't mean I don't like you, but I just don't want to train you. I don't want you in my gym. It's not yeah. what I'm looking for. If you want to just have fun with it, that's great. I'm not your guy. I'm for people who want to maximize their potential. And so I just have to like every day I hammer that every day. I'm like, I don't care. I don't care if this is your goal. These are the things you got to do. This is the mindset you have to have. And uh, I just have to like do a lot more. I think um, preaching of that now, like, like you got to do everything. You have to do everything because there's too many people doing everything now. Yep. You know? I love it. And I'll be honest, man, that I, when I watch your stuff, I, I get, sometimes I get motivated, even like some of like, I'm a motivator that when I coach, but I was just telling, you know, rip off the air. Like you were talking about, uh, visual visualization, right. We use it all the time. Like it's yeah. so important. Like for me as a coach, I do it. You know, we try and tell our players, Hey, like, yes, we can all go out there and, you know, stick handle puck and shoot it. But think about the, the, the guy you're facing on the other side of the dot or who you're playing next game or the video, this, and you know, where you're going and where's your route. And, like, I love that stuff. Cause I mean, we do it all the time and I feel like I wish I knew more about that when I was younger, but we didn't have the reason. No, we didn't have that. Stuff. I know, man. I, I got really lucky with this thing that came out of a very unfortunate incident of the terrible, terrible, I w- I'd rather it have not happened. Me learning about visualization, but I was in a, a um, an unfortunate car accident in juniors where, um, I was sitting on the trunk of a car with a teammate of mine. Another guy jumped in the car and, hit the gas too hard and uh i dug my fingers in and i held on and he jumped off and and uh he he wound up dying um yeah it was it was it was literally awful he basically died in my hands um and so they brought in a psychologist and a sports psychologist to talk to the guys that were there and uh you know I i was having nightmares every night seeing it over and over and um uh he gave me this cd because that's you know back in 2002 I think yeah. it was no, um, 2003. Yeah. So I had a fucking walk, man. I'm playing in a fucking fanny pack before games. So I don't skip the CD. And so he gave me the CD to help me sleep. He had a track on there that he had made that was like, you know, talking to you and getting you to sleep and meditate and breathe and all this stuff. And so that helped. And then on the CD, actually, there was like five tracks. One of them was called peak performance and I could still hear his voice. Like in my head, I haven't listened to it. I'm like freaking probably I'm, I'm 37. So, I mean, it's, it's probably been like, you know, I don't know, 15, 16 years since I've heard that track and um, it would get you in the zone. And it was like going through visualization and self positive self-talk and you would get in an elevator. Like he'd literally talk to him like, all right, we're going to get in this elevator and we're going to take it down into your subconscious and one, two. And he's like, kind of like hypnotizing you. And like, it was, it was, it was unbelievable. And as soon as I started doing that, like I started playing better. 
And I was like, holy shit, like, this is amazing. And um, so that's how I started getting into visualization literally before like anybody at the junior level, like everybody thought I was crazy, like laying there before games, my eyes closed, like doing this stuff, listening to the CD. Um, but that is what one of the things that along with starting to work out was what really like got me to, to like start looking for ways to get better that weren't directly practicing hockey. Right. Like nutrition. I lived with Brandon Arado, who just he's the new coach of University of Michigan Wolverines. Um, and his mom owned a gym and was super into health and fitness and nutrition. So when I lived with him, that got me really into nutrition. I started eating better. I started feeling better. I started playing better. So like I had this this, you know, I got into working out and then I got into uh, sports psychology and into visualization and then I got into nutrition and then I was just like, dude, how many more things can I do that are making me so much better at hockey that have nothing to do with actually being on the ice? Um, and that's where like my love of like just trying to grab things from different sports or different disciplines or different teachers or whatever that could get into my mind and help me be a better person, a better hockey player, a better leader, all that stuff. And I visualize before every practice and every game. Um, from the time that I got that CD until I retired at 32 years old. It's wow, huge, man. man. I it's huge, dude. It's, I do it differently so than obviously you, like Turner plays and you played. I do right. it differently because I coach, but and I can't control what happens really in a game. But I can control systems and this and that. So I do my own stuff, but yeah, it's it's an unbelievable tool. So if you're listening, is, man. listen to Jeff and do it because it helps. Jeff, I have a quick one here for you. And I, I'm actually excited to hear this answer. What's your, what's your go-to cheat meal? <laughs> go-to cheat meal? Uh, oh, man. <laughs> Dude, that's such a good question. Um, I love burgers, but like burgers aren't bad for you depending on where you get them at. Right. So like if you get it at like a nice restaurant, like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good one. Like I'm not, I'm not going to McDick's and getting a burger. That's disgusting. <laughs> but like, I'm going to like a nice place for a burger and I'll eat the bun, and, which I usually won't do. And I'll put on like the aioli, just slobber it all over there. <laughs> and then I just, I just moved to this new, uh, this new house and uh, there's a crumble cookie near me. Have you guys ever heard those? I don't know. Dude, you gotta look them up. You gotta go to Instagram. Like, I cookies are my weakness. Like, uh, I gave I've given myself multiple one month bans from there uh, since I moved into this house. Because in the summer, I work all friggin' day, and I I I try to get enough calories in, but I never do. And I burn so many calories coaching all day long, and then doing my own workout. Some nights in this summer, I, I was mentally weak, and I went to crumble way too often. And those cookies are like 600, 700 calories a piece, and I'd bury four of them. It's disgusting. <laughs> so I had to give myself a one month ban. Um, uh, I'm off the ban right now, but I'm fresh off of a recent ban that I gave myself. Um, they're unbelievable. These cookies are like this big. They're so gooey. They're fresh out of the oven and you just go in there and you just get boxes of cookies. So a burger and, uh, and some disgustingly delicious gooey crumble cookies would be my, uh, my cheat meal. I love it, Jeff, man. I want to do this again. I don't know if you're up for it, but I do, I do want to do this sooner or later. And I, I might even actually have a call with you and my team if you're up for that one day, but dude, uh, I love it. I, I love it. Seriously. Sweet. So I have your number now, but uh, man, I had a blast today. Turn around. I don't know if you have any more questions, by the way, before I cut you off. Sorry. No, we're good. We're good. Thank, thank, thank you for having me. And, and Turner, good luck, man, dude. Like, Thanks, man. The, the biggest thing I can say to you is 
like I'm 37. I think, I think this is my fifth year being retired. Like the, this is the fifth season, even with, you know, the concussion that pretty much ruined my career before my pro career, before it started, I would still go back and do everything all over again. Like if it was like, you can do it again or you can't like even, you know, the hardest year and a half of my life, I don't care. I would go back and I'll do it all fucking over again because you, 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 once you stop playing, you can never play again. Like there's, you'll never play in a real game ever again. Men's league's not real. Like, you yeah. know, charity oh, games are awesome. Is, yeah. For me, it <laughs> <is>. <laughs> for you, it definitely now. is oh, like three on three after practice with coach. That's real for me. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, but like, dude, you will never play in front of fans again that like really care. You'll never get paid to play again. Like you do like, do everything you can to make your career last as long as you can and do as well as you can. Like it's fucking cool to try. It's cool to learn all this shit. Like, like be in the gym three, four days a week in season, like do whatever you fucking have to, to make that career as long as you can, because once it's gone, it will never come back and you got to join the real world, you know, and, uh, and it's way more fun playing hockey. So Good luck, buddy, and fucking, you know, kill it. Make Fuck it last man. as long. I love that. That's Make awesome. Make it last as long as you can, bro. That's fire. Yeah. Ooh, goosebumps. All right. Hey, Jeff Lovecchio, man, I appreciate it. Let's do this again. Let's stay in touch, and maybe I'll flip, uh, turn to your number if you're cool with that, and you can chat more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jay, man. Lost Melt Distilleries. Spring seasonal releases are here. They have a ton of great options for this spring and summer, like hibiscus lime vodka, sweet tea vodka, local coconut vodka, and local watermelon vodka. With the nice weather coming, it's time to get out on the patio and enjoy a taste of Saskatchewan from Last Mountain Distillery, Saskatchewan's first micro distillery. Keep an eye out for the ready-to-drink beverages, raspberry mojito, gin fizz, and mango seltzer, which are coming soon. Can't make it out to the distillery in Lumsden? No problem. Their products are available online or at most retailers across the province. Head to lastmountaindistillery.com to learn more.